everybody. My name is Bill Kiefer, and I want to welcome you to our podcast, Practical Wisdom from the Word of God. I believe the Bible is a book that God gave to us that's full of insights, wisdom, promises, and many other things that help us live daily life. So join me for the next few minutes as we look into the Word of God to find that practical wisdom we need today. Should the enemy try to condemn our fight, his righteousness will Well, praise God. Welcome again. My name is Bill Kiefer, and this is Practical Wisdom from the Word of God. We endeavor here to find things in the Bible that we can use in practical life, not just theological things, not just theoretical things, but things that will work right here where we live. And this year, we've been talking about the fact that God impressed upon me that he has placed in the life of each believer tremendous potential. Potential for what? Potential to live as good mothers and fathers husbands and and wives and children and workers and students, whatever it is we do in life, that there is a potential in us to operate at a level that is not like everybody else in the world. And there's a reason for that. And we've been looking at John's prayer or Jesus' prayer in John chapter 17, in which he says, as he's praying for us, Father, they are not of the world as I am not of the world. He says, don't take them out of the world, but keep them from the evil while they're in the world. World. And this is what we're really talking about. We are not of this world. We are not from this world. When I go to another country, Kenya, for example, I'm not of Kenya. Why am I not of Kenya? Because my life is not centered there. My bank accounts in the United States, my beds in the United States, my family's in the United States, my house is in the United States. I'm, I was born in the United States. I'm of the United States. But while I'm in Kenya, I work there. I live there. I pray for the people that are there. I love the people that are there. I have a life there, but I'm not of there. I'm of another place. When we were born again, we were vitally joined to God through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. So I now, although actually we never were, humanity came from heaven. God created humanity. But when we're born again, we're put back into that position where my home is not here. I have another home. It's in heaven. Hallelujah. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what my mansion, the Bible talks about mansions in glory. I don't know what my mansion looks like. I don't know what my place looks like. I don't know what I'm going to necessarily do there completely, but I am from there. My wealth is there. My family is there. My power is there. I'm of another world, but I live here. And God, that's what God wants for us. He wants us to be what we'll call supernatural people because we're connected to the supernatural God and vitally joined to that kingdom in the natural world because we're called to stay here. Why? Because God knows there are other people that need to come into his family. Hallelujah. There'll be a day called the fullness of time when Jesus is going to come and this part of it will be over, but that is not this day. God still wants a bigger family. Hallelujah. Now, we are looking at this chapter, looking at it from the perspective that Jesus prayed certain things in this chapter that will help us do uh, this, this, or I shouldn't say do, but that will help us live this way, that we can be supernatural people. And he starts by saying we need to know, first of all, that to know God and to know Jesus, that's what life is really all about. Everything else in our lives, though it may not be bad by any means, it may be good, it may be wonderful things, but they're all secondary to knowing God and knowing Jesus. And knowing God, the Father, and knowing Jesus should be the dominant factor in our lives. It should determine how we live, how 
how we think and what we do and what we won't do. Then he goes on to talk about the fact, and we've 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 looked at this that uh, that that we are we're he's no longer in the world. He did his part. Uh, now at this point in Scripture, he's still going to go to the cross. He's still going to die, and he's still going to be raised from the dead. But as far as everything else in the world, he's done. He's not going to do anything else. And he says to uh, concerning us, I send them into the world the way you sent me. And boy, the more I pray about this and the more I think about this, God uh, tells us in this uh, in this prayer, Jesus prays in this prayer, that he's not here anymore. You know, we know that, but it just struck me as I was reading it. He's not here. Not the physical Jesus. You say, well, Jesus is, yes, his everywhere presence, he's here with us, but the physical Jesus, the man Jesus is no longer here, but you are, and I am. And we are here to do the same things he did, to be the same kind of light he was. John 14, 12 says, the works that I do, the works that I do, and greater works will you do because I go to the Father. The works that I do. Sometimes we want to say uh, or excuse ourselves and say, well, you know, he's really talking about greater works, and the greater works are, are many things that we could talk about. One might be that we can lead them into salvation that he could not because he had not yet died. But we cannot ignore the first part of that. He said the works that I do and greater works. We should be doing the same things he did. What did he do? He healed. He delivered from demonic power. He preached. He taught. All those kind of things. He ministered to people individually. He was there to be a point of contact between Almighty God and people. Now, he's the mediator, the only mediator between God and man where sin is concerned. But, you know, he places us here in terms of the natural connection with people. We are, in a sense, a mediator in that we can bring them to Jesus. We can bring them to God. So all of the things that he did, read Luke chapter 4, where he talks about the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach good news to the captive, opening sights of the blind, heal the blind, opening the eyes of the blind, healing the brokenhearted, uh, setting liberty, uh, liberty of the captives, at liberty the captives, my tongue does work in Jesus' name, setting at liberty the captives. All of those things are things we are authorized, and not just authorized, but called and empowered to do while we're here. And uh, I want to pick up on something, There, there's something that... Um, I want to add, and I was uh, intended to talk about it last time, but I just uh, didn't quite get to it. Verse 20 of John 17 says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through your name, uh, through your, their word, they, that they all may be one as you, Father, and I are uh, one. Uh, he says, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. I want you to know something. He's praying something here. It's very important. Earlier on, he says, I kept them so that they might be one uh, with us, one with uh, you and I. And we are just as one with God. When he sends us into the world, he doesn't send us alone. We are just as one with God as he was one with God. When he was here, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, I do what I hear, the, uh, what the Father shows me to do, and I say what I hear the Father say. 
We are in the very same position here. We are one with him. We are one with the Father. We are one with the Holy Ghost. We are one with Jesus. Just as much as Jesus was one with him, we are one with Jesus, and we are all one together. And so this is an important thing that to, for us to remember if we're going to be supernatural. Every believer, now he's extending this really to every believer. I'm. Uh, he says, I'm in the Father, and the Father's in me, that they may all be in us together. And if God is in, Jesus is in somebody else, and Jesus Jesus in me, then I'm in him and he's in me and we are vitally joined together. This is a supernatural web of power. I, you know, that's 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 hot off the presses, folks. I never thought of it that way. But this is a supernatural web of power that we are all joined together. Every one of us that has been born again, we are part of one another. Uh, my strength is your strength. Your strength is my strength. We are all one body. What a powerful statement that is when Paul said it. We are one body, able to do one thing many ways, in many places. But what is the one thing? The same thing that Jesus did. We are one, just as he is one. It's hard for us to understand that because we make mistakes. We do things wrong. That's true. And those are things we're going to talk about in just a moment, and hopefully I'll get through it here without going too long. But but we need to remember, even though I'm not perfect, I'm still one with him. Jesus was perfect, but but we're not, and we never will be, but we're still just as one with the Father as Jesus was, and we're just as one with Jesus. And I believe one of the most important things that we need to recall and remember, I feel like it's waning in terms of our awareness. I was part of the charismatic movement where we all got filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with tongues as the Spirit gave us the utterance or the words. I believe, once again, we need to begin to think about and dwell upon and draw from the Holy Spirit of God because He's the one. Uh, Jesus said, when I had these people, when they, I was with them, I kept them. And now, Father, I'm asking you to keep them. Well, what, what, how is God uh, going to keep us? What is it that Jesus prayed in the 14th, 15th, 16th verse leading up to chapters, uh, chapters leading up to chapter 17? He said, Father, send them another comforter. He told them, God is going to send you another comforter just like me. And that other comforter is the Holy Spirit of God. We need to remember that there is another aspect. I don't want to get into splitting theological hairs here, but God said the Holy Spirit is in us and with us and working through us. We need, we need the Holy Spirit active in our lives to be supernatural people. That's what keeps us. That's what empowers us. Uh, that's what we'll do. The next thing we're going to talk about, talk about here, and he says, I'm sending them into the world just as you sent me, I send them. Uh, and, and he says to them, uh, sanctify them in verse uh, 18, 17, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I send them. And I, uh, and for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. Jesus sent us because he's not here physically anymore. We are the ones that, that have been called to take that place. But before, as he sent us, he brings in this other idea. He says, Father, sanctify them. I send them. I sanctify them as you sent me. I send them that there's, uh, uh, and that they may be sanctified. them. Verse 17, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify them. God, or Jesus in this case, is praying for us that we might be sanctified. I want to talk today about what that means, because that can be uh, 
uh, kind of a, a word that uh, we see, we, we uh, interpret religiously. Let me tell you something. Religion is never what Jesus is talking about. If Jesus said it has nothing to do with religion, or at least it, it transcends religion. Religion is the form that develops around a relationship with God. But uh, Jesus is not about that form. He's about the relationship. And so if he said sanctify, if he prayed God sanctify them, uh, sanctify them by your word, sanctify them by your truth. If he says that's part of, the, of being sent, if we can't do our job without being sanctified, then, then you need to know this is not some religious thing. This is something God wants to do in us. Jesus needs God to do in us so that we can be sent and fulfill our calling in the earth. Now, what does sanctification mean? Let's take a, a look at this uh, for just a moment. Sanctification, the definition from Thayer's Bible definitions, to sanctify means to separate from things profane and dedicate to God or consecrate. We are to be separated. Now, this it kind of sounds like it's going directly against what he says earlier on, that, Father, don't take them out of the world. Keep them in the world, but while they're in the world, let them be protected from the evil and let them function as supernatural people. Well, uh, then he says, sanctify them, and sanctify literally means separate them. But I don't believe it means separate them physically at this point in time. I don't believe that we're supposed to go live in caves. I don't supposed to. I don't believe that we're supposed to not participate in society or culture. Now we are not to do the things that separate us from God. I mean, that's just that's just common sense. The Ten Commandments are still in effect. Hallelujah. We are not to kill. We are not to profane. We are not to uh, bear false witness. We are not to steal. We we are not to do any of those things. We are to be sanctified while we're here, separated. Separated in what way? Separated in our behavior, separated in the way we think, separated from doing things that are wrong. I believe, and I've said this before, I believe we need to be absolutely honest, absolutely upright, have absolute integrity. I believe we need to speak with a mouth that's worthy. I was thinking about this the other day and this idea of being sanctified and not being of this world. And I like to use that illustration of traveling in foreign countries because I do it a lot and I think it's a good picture of this. But the thing is, in that when we're in those countries, there's something, um, a, a saying that's out there, the ugly American. And the ugly American speaks of people who, they, they, they just, they don't behave uh, in a way that represents the United States well. They tend to be pushy. They tend to think everything belongs to them. And I've been with ugly Americans traveling. They don't treat the people with respect. Sometimes uh, I've been with, with even Christians and they go into other countries and they start to talk down to the people that are there because, um, you know, maybe they live in worse conditions or uh, there could be a lot of reasons why we do that, but we just have this mindset. America is better than everywhere else. And you know what? I think it is. But if I'm going to represent America, then I I need to do it in such a way that's going to cause people to look at me and say, if that's an American, America must be okay. I need to speak that way. I need to behave myself that way. I need to carry myself with respect. One of the things I tell people I preach to, and I, I, I preach all over uh, the world, but uh, right now primarily in Africa, and we go into little villages and people that have nothing, and they may live in dirt floor huts, but I tell them, and I portray to them, and I use words that communicate to them, I respect you. I respect who you are. I respect what you do. And so when we talk about being sanctified, 
we need to live a life that says heaven is a good place, that God is a good God, that uh, a life that respects his love, that respects his honesty, that respects his integrity, or not respects, excuse me, but projects all of those things into the people that we're dealing with. That's the kind of sanctification we're talking about. It means to be separated from that which is evil or that which is profane. When I go out into the world, I need to make sure I am separated from what's evil and what is profane. And the that involves what I do, what I watch, how I talk, all of those things. Music that I listen to, we're to be different. I'm sorry. It's not popular to say this, but we're supposed to be different. We're not supposed to be like everybody else. That doesn't mean we can't enjoy certain things. Uh, I like to talk about sports, and sometimes we get together with people, and I'll actually use that as a way to kind of connect. If I know somebody's a football fan or if I know somebody likes to play golf, I'll use that to connect. And there may even be movies that I like and things of that nature that maybe we use those things, we talk about those things. But underneath it all, when I do those things, when I talk about those things that are part of the world that we can partake of and enjoy, I need to make sure I understand how I do it and I need to be careful what things, what things I'm projecting. What 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 movies am I going to talk about? What uh, kind of humor am I going to uh, bring into my relationships? Uh, am I going to be respectful? Am I going to be honest? I got to be careful of all those things because I am representing the kingdom of God in the earth. And you know the Bible speaks. Paul talked about that there shouldn't even be a shadow of sin. There shouldn't even be a, a, a hint of wrongdoing in our lives. Uh, doesn't even mean that maybe we're not doing anything wrong, but it should never even look like it because we represent him. We are to be sanctified. We are to be set apart from that which is profane. But the real power of the word sanctified is not in what we're sanctified from, but what we're sanctified to, because this separation is not separation from only. It's separation from because of what we're separated to, and that is we are to be separated to God. Hallelujah. When I walk in sanctification, it's because I'm walking in my connection to God. A related word to sanctification is holiness. Now, we are not as holy as Jesus, but it says Jesus was tempted in every way that we were, and yet he did not sin, or that we are, and yet he does not sin. I believe that we may make mistakes. I think not one of us is ever going to get through life the way Jesus did with never committing a sin, but I think we can aspire to that. I think we can believe for that. I think we can make choices that will help that, but you know what? All the choices and the willpower, Jesus is not praying, sanctify them by their willpower. Thank God for that. All of our willpower, even if we just made really good choices all the time, that's not going to be enough to separate us that might be enough to separate us from, from the world, in a sense, what's what's profane or unholy, but it would never be enough to separate us to, to God. That was done by him. He separated us. This word holy, what is holy? The, the word of God says that the Sabbath is holy because God rested on the Sabbath. There's a, there's a law in Bible interpretation of first mention. Whatever it says the first time, it carries that meaning throughout the Bible. So the law of first 
mention, when that, that term holy is first used, it's because God rested on that holy day. Anything God rests on, he makes holy. God, when, when I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, he rested on me. Hallelujah. He came into me. He, he anointed me. He, he put himself upon me and within me. And that made me holy. That sanctified me unto him. And because of that sanctification, I can, if I will. Now, now here's the thing. It's not automatic. You got to make those choices. You got to decide what you're going to do. You need to take an honest look at your life, an objective look at your life, not a condemning look at your life. There's two very different things there. If you're looking at yourself and you're all condemned and you feel like you're no good, that's not God. But to be objective and say, you know what? This here that I have in my life, that's not helping my walk of sanctification. That's not helping my relationship. I need to get rid of that. And this thing over here that is, I need to give attention to that instead of that other thing that that's kind of bringing me maybe not to sin but to compromise that's not enhancing my walk of sanctification but again we need to remember I am sanctified because what Jesus did in me I then cooperate with what he did in me that's the big thing when we get into a real area of confusion today and that is that well God did it it's done and and there's nothing for me to do that's never true sanctification, like many other things, righteousness, holiness, there are two dimensions of it. One is the, 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 the legal dimension. Jesus, he says in this verse, he went first. He sanctified himself. He paid for our sin. That enabled us, that opened the door for us now to be sanctified. And when I receive him, I am sanctified. But then there is the work of sanctification in my life. I am legally set apart from the world to God. But then there's something called the vital side of all of these Bible truths. And the vital side is simply when I make it real in my life, when I apply it in my life, when I uh, when I act according to that in my life. And this connects us by faith to this thing. By faith, I believe that I am legally sanctified. Now, by faith, I'm going to act like it. I'm going to put action. James says, faith without works is dead. I'm going to put action to my faith and begin to act sanctified, not holier than thou, not better than anybody else. Remember, we're, we're, we should communicate with respect to anybody that we speak to. We should treat people with respect. I don't care if they're, if they're prostitutes or drug dealers or or murderers for that matter we still treat them with respect in the sense of now not respecting their sin but respecting their potential sonship or daughtership with God do you understand what i'm saying and so uh that's part of our walk of sanctification or the, our uh, the truth of our sanctification is i am sanctified if i'm born again but now i need to act it i need to make the choices but i need to do it believing in the power you see there's a power that god gave to me when i received him now again i want to go back to what i said about keeping. How am I going to do this? How am I really going to do this? Jesus said, I'm giving you another comforter, another helper. The Holy Ghost is here. Hallelujah. And do you know what? Part of our problem is we don't listen to him. We don't respond to him. We start going in a direction and there's something called the inward witness, that red light or green light. You start doing something, you start talking a given way, you start uh, you start going a direction and you feel kind of unsettled inside. You're, you're, you're about to tell a joke and there's something that says don't do that. 
We need to start obeying that because that's our helper. That's the helper helping us to, to speak the right way, to behave the right way, to act in a way that's going to tell the people around us there is something different about them. And that difference is not in us. See, it's not that we then say, yes, amen, hallelujah, I'm better than everybody, I'm just living, I'm so holy and so, no, not at all. What we are called to do with our holy and sanctified lifestyle is lead them right back to the sanctifier himself. We tell them, you know what? I'm the way I am because of what Jesus did in me, and he can do the same thing in you. That's our purpose. That's why we're here. Jesus goes on to pray in this prayer, and we're going to close it out today. i got a few more minutes. Uh, He says in verse 22, And the glory you gave me I have given them that they may be one just as we are. Glory is God's power and presence in manifestation. He goes on to say, I'm in them, you're in me. That's where he talks about that oneness. But he talks about it in relation to glory, the power and presence of God in manifestation. Jesus said, I was glorified. Uh, It's time for me to be glorified in this prayer. And what he's talking about is it's time for the power and presence of God to do in me and through me what I was sent here to do. And although he did many things on the earth to show who God really was, that that was really why he lived all those years, three and a half years, uh, manifesting God's true nature. But uh, then now he says, it's time for me to be glorified. The power and presence of God was going to uh, to bring judgment upon the sins of men. And Jesus, Paul said, was raised by this glory of God. The power and presence of God was going to go into hell when man had been finally justified, when God in his wisdom, we don't know the ins and outs of that completely, but when God finally said, it is enough, the glory of God went back into Jesus, and his body was, was his spirit was re-energized. I, I like to see it as a light that came back into him right in the darkness of sin and evil and hell, and that light just burst on the scene. It revealed everything the devil wanted to do and destroyed every plan that he had, and when that life bur- light burst onto the scene, the power of God caused Jesus to cast off, the Bible says, powers and principalities. We know that it caused him to be raised up from the dead. His body was reanimated from the inside out. You know, he shed all his blood. What was there in him that that replaced his blood? I believe it was the glory of God. Hallelujah. Jesus is God positive in his veins. Hallelujah. And so that same glory, he says, raised him from the dead. But he said, when I send them, I'm sending them with the same glory. You and I have the same power of God available to us. That's what Jesus said to us in when he talked about the Great Commission. He said, Mark 16, go into the world, raise the dead, heal the sick, speak with new tongues. If anything, uh, uh, you drink any deadly thing, it won't harm you. And, and uh, then it says that the Holy Spirit went with them. Again, there's the Holy Spirit. No Holy Spirit. This, this kind of falls apart without the active working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The Holy Spirit went with them, working with them to confirm the, their words with signs following. We need that. He gave us his glory. One more thing as we close today and as we close this prayer. And that is, he reminds us, there's another home. We have a future. 
Part of what we get into is we're so wrapped up in the present, we forget we have a future. Paul said, I don't consider the, the trials and pressures and problems, but you could also say the joys and wonderful things that we experience, they're great. I, 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 I count them precious, those good things. And even the trials that we suffer, they can become precious as we let them uh, work God in us and, and as we apply faith and overcome them. But Paul said, none of that compares to what's coming. Oh, hallelujah. In Ephesians, it says that God sent Jesus to do all those things so that in the ages to come, he might reveal himself to us. He might reveal heaven to us. He might reveal our future to us. We have something coming. And as we draw on that future life to live this current life, something changes. Our perspective changes. I'm not so concerned about what I do or don't have. God wants, God's going to take care of you. God wants, God's your father and he wants you to have good things as long as they won't hurt you. And that's the bottom line. I believe the, the, all the promises the Bible says of God, uh, of God are yes and amen in Christ. He wants you to have everything you need and a lot of what you want but only those things that will not hurt you and keep you away from his purpose in the earth for his kingdom. We have a future. We have, there's something coming. My brother and sister, no matter how bad it gets here, it's not going to stay bad because I believe as we remember that, that we have something so much greater than anything we could have here, that we're also going to ha- have that access, have a clear understanding, clear access to the power to deal with what we have to deal with here. Hallelujah. This is a prayer. I want to leave you with this, and, and I've talked about this. I like talking about this. Uh, I like speaking the Word of God. I love to teach the Word of God, but you go back. Because there's a teacher in you called the Holy Spirit. And you read this prayer. I suggest you read it a few times a day, as many times as you can over the next two weeks, say. uh, And just, just read it. And as you read it, look at it and say, you know what, Jesus, I agree with everything you're praying. I believe what you're praying. Jesus does. When he prayed it, he never prayed. Uh, I, I, uh, Andrew Murray said this, a great writer from uh, generations ago. He said, Jesus never prayed as some spiritual exercise. He prayed to get results. Jesus prayed this. Oh, hallelujah. I mean, I feel an anointing just saying it. Maybe I don't know if you don't feel I do for my life. Jesus prayed this. And if he prayed it, if I agree with it, if I believe it, if I do my best to act in accordance with it, if I meditate on what he said, if I, if I take these, these things that he prayed as promises to my life, then I believe they're all going to come to pass. I'm going to be a supernatural person, not limited to the natural world, not limited to just to the laws of, of nature, although God often works within them, but he can, if he wants to, step outside of them. I, I'm going to be a person that has words that can speak life to people. I'm going to be a person who can draw on a strength that others don't have and display that strength to them, that joy. One of the things he says, I, I give you my joy. He, he's praying that we would have his joy. I, have, I can have a joy. I can walk out into my world with a smile and a, and a positive word on my mouth because I know he prayed for me and his prayers at work. His prayers at work in the world. His prayers at work in the church. And as you and I look at that prayer, agree with that prayer, meditate on that prayer, and act on that prayer, 
then we're going to see a power manifested that's going to help us change the world in which we live. I believe it with all my heart. Well, that's my time today. God bless you. Go out there. You're supernatural people. Start living supernatural lives right in this nasty, ugly world that we live in today. God bless you again. We'll talk to you again soon. This podcast is an outreach of Living Word International, a division of Intercession Ministries. If you'd like to contact us, please email livingwordintgreen at gmail.com. That's livingwordintgreene at gmail.com. Have a great day.